welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the T Toronto FC fan show. We're in Nations League Cup or Nations League Leagues Cup mode. Um, and this entire week, you'd think TFC would be able to stay out of the headlines. Uh, yeah, right. Come on. This is bad TFC. And bad TFC, of all things, knows how to make headlines when it's not about them. On this week's show, we're going to visit the Michael Singh Notebook, talk trades, transfer rumors, all that good stuff you guys want to talk about. Uh, preview TFC's group in the League's Cup. And, of course, get to your comments from this week's burning question presented by next door. We have a lot to dig into in today's show. Um, so let's bring in my uh, esteemed co-host, Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh. Gentlemen, how are you doing? How were your week, your TFC free weekends? Uh, how did they go? A lot more time on my hands, eh? <laughs> exactly. A lot more time on my hands. Um, Not so depressing at the end of it. I forget when that... Uh... That messy free kick was. That was Friday night. Was Friday, Friday night, night yeah. 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 So started the weekend off on such an incredible note. I mean, we were talking about Messi last week. We were saying, will he be able to do it? Will he not be able to do it? Will you know it help Miami? Will he be able to help Miami along with the Busquets? And now we know for sure Jordi Alba has joined that team as well. You guys were kind of skeptical. Whoa, Did whoa, Friday- whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa! <laughs> I wasn't scared. I knew he'd be great. I didn't know the team. Would no, be no, great. no. Yeah, the team, the team. So mm. my question is: Do you think has that changed your perspective at all? Has that swayed no. you one way or another? Do you think Messi, Jordi Alba, Busquets, plus the young initiative signings, U twenty two initiative signings coming in, do you think that that Miami team has a bit more magic still left in them? I still need to see it in MLS. Like a, a cup game's great. Look, in in that was great. I mean, their goalkeeper had to make a ton of saves uh, to keep them in that game before Messi had to come in and, and do messy things. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not swayed here or there. My whole thing last week was I'm not sure what this is going to be yet. Um, and Friday night did not exactly tip the scale one way or the other for me as of yet. Jeff, you. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, the conspiracy tinfoil hats about whether or not that was scripted or reality aside. Uh, I want to enjoy that it was reality. It was it was a wonderful moment, you know, like let's let's uh, as I'm fond of saying, let's give MLS their flowers like they, they kind of pulled it off. If they could figure out how to do a decent sound mix, uh, then they'd be really cooking. But, uh, you know, baby steps. Um uh, Small sample size, guys. What are you going to do? It was a great game, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, but I'm remiss to. I, Busquets looked good, man. That to me was was the big surprise. Busquets, he's a silky footballer, man. He looked really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it was storybook, right? Everything about mm. it. When when he won the free kick, 93rd minute. I think everybody thought this is somehow, some way going to find the back of the net. I know we think that a lot at, in certain scenarios like that, but with Messi. I don't know. It felt a little bit different than when he proceeded to do it. it the reaction, the celebrations. Mm-hmm. Were you teammate. really that surprised, though? I mean, like, that's a penalty for him, essentially. Especially the where exactly it was. It was like, mm-hmm. there's a there's at least a, an yeah. 8 out of 10 chances going now, in. I, yeah, honestly, it, it isn't that high. Like, it, it still is a, a free kick that you have to hit from outside the box. I know Messi's probably better at it than most players in the world, but... Even Sebastian Javanko at times when he had free kicks in those situations, 
he didn't always find the back of the net. We know how good Seba is at free kicks. Yeah. By the way, shout out, shout out Martin for that amazing. Oh, that thread was so fantastic. It's it's so. I mean, all the member berries. It, it's funny that you mentioned Seba because it had that kind of inevitability. Like one of my favorite things. One of my favorite Seba things was that whenever he went up for a free kick, and we're all singing Seven Nation Army, you know, eight percent chance shot, two percent chance shot. It was a ninety-nine percent chance shot in our hearts, and it had that <laughs> same feeling. It had that same feeling of inevitability. Do you know what I mean? And, and far be it for me to compare Messi to Sebastian Giovinco. I mean, I just did it, but like it did, it did. It had that feeling of inevitability, and that's why there was a part of me that kind of knew it was going to go in. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, if, if anything, like it's it's a lot of fun right now. Inter Miami is like must watch, must tune in. I want to say TV, but it's like must tune in streaming service. Um, I, I can't wait for the next game. I think it's tomorrow against Atlanta United, if I'm not mistaken. That's the yeah. last game in their group. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that should, be, that should be fun. Yeah, right away, getting the captain's armband. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I can't really argue with it, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, is it getting old? The, the, a little bit of it is getting old to me in terms of like it's major league soccer, not messy league soccer, and it's starting to feel... I mean, granted, we're still in the first gasp of it, but I don't want this to decide how the league works moving forward. I mean, it's bad enough that the MLS website, you have to comb through about 40, you know, you have to scroll down 100,000 yards to get to anything about anybody other than Messi. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a cutoff for me where this starts to get old really, really Oh, I'm already there. I'm kind of already there. Cutting right. to him when the game was being played, forget about the sound mix, but cutting to him sitting in his little racing gamer chair while, while actual soccer is getting played, I've never seen that before. I've never, ever seen that before. I mean, it was I was getting incensed by the end of it because, you know, cutting to coaches on the sidelines is bad enough, but cutting to a guy on the on the bench, eh, you know, it's a little it's a little wonky. Yeah, I mean, it's it's major league soccer like you know that's yeah what can what more can you say um that look they gotta milk this for what it's worth uh, considering what they've conceded to give him to get him here yeah you're gonna have to do it um but i'm kind of tired of it already like just not necessarily that he's here like obviously look you you want to see him here and and performing magic and things like that but like he doesn't play for my team so i don't care like you know at the end of the day i'm i'm probably the in the minority in that in that scenario and that's completely fine but he I doesn't play for my club so i mean I nice for the league but <laughs> mike's you know, a miami fan now i have a confession um all right i well, forked out hold on i i forked out a ton of money and got a messy inner miami kit you nice. really got an inner miami kit I got a Lionel Messi Inter-Miami kit. Gross, you're off the show. I might join you because, you know, if Victor Vasquez gets moved to Inter-Miami to play with his buddy Leo for one last kick of the can, <laughs> I'm going to be the guy that bought two Victor Vasquez kits in the same year. So Disgusting. I might I might very well be Disgusting. there with you. You know, I, I'm, I said this to Alicia, like, I have never liked that pink collared Inter-Miami kit. But seeing it with the 10 Messi on the back immediately made it a million times better. I want like, to just something I hear, about. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I want to hear like what the people think. Like, is that offside by me? Like, was, it's 100% was that, offside. You don't have offside? to go to the people. You just go to me. It's offside. It's no, offside. I don't think, I don't think it's offside. No, you cannot wear a messy shirt. I don't give a shit. You cannot wear a messy shirt. 
Like, no. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wear it to a TFC game. So I, also, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm gonna wear, wear it. Wear, it's it's one of those things where I think I'm just gonna like. Where you look at it? Nah, yeah, frame nah, it and man. look at it. I like nah. I I, I'm I'm all about like I'm not going out there wearing other MLS teams' kits. Period. I don't care who's playing for them. What if I don't wear it? How it works? That's just not how it works, man. No. Mm-hmm. You're gonna wear it, of course. I, you're I, I mean, it. I'll be interested to see what the comments say. Let's let's make this a running commentary. No, there's a lot show. of sing out hashtags going on right now, <laughs> right? Like, I'm sorry. I feel like people would just do that anyways, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're yeah, saying yeah, like, yeah, sure. But I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Nah, that's off. That's that's just that's foul. Foul. I call foul. Like, I, I call don't... fouls all day. No way. You can't. Okay, I will, I will, let's we'll put a poll out there. Let's see if this is. Yeah, yeah, we'll put a poll out there. Look, look, look out for it on on Blue Sky. <laughs> I, I think if I think if there's one player, <laughs> one exception that you can make I agree. to get a, a jersey, it's Lionel Messi. Wait, what were you saying? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not because I'm rooting for Inter Miami or anything like that. It's just this this moment of him joining Major League Soccer is so historic and so incredible. So like I'm not I'm not a Inter Miami fan. I love sure I you know I'm a big Messi fan. I can appreciate someone who's who's great at the game, but I'm also a big Major League Soccer fan. I'm a big proponent of you know growing mm-hmm. Major League Soccer as a whole. So you know for me this this moment I look at it and I'm like. Man, this is something we're gonna remember in fifty years, right? Okay, so for remember me, in fifty years, you don't have to buy the jersey to remember just, it. Maybe yeah, he, cool, maybe cool he's, moment. maybe he's a mimetic learner, and he needs to see the jersey to remember. Maybe that's the way. His, his it's mind also works. like it's not like a CF yeah. Montreal jersey too. This is an yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a they're an Eastern Conference rival who could leapfrog us and leave us last in the East. I'm sorry, no <laughs> offline, offside. I don't care. Messi doesn't get a pass. Look, I, I'm a big fan of Major League Soccer. I want it to actually grow and get better. I'm, I'm a big this. fan of like the idea that you can bring in a player like Tony. Like, no, kid. absolutely not. You can, no. I, I I mean, I get it. Some people will do that, but not a chance. Not a chance. So, yeah, there you have it. Sure if TFC, those... G-Money talks. If TFC get zero points in Leagues Cup and Miami get six, Mikey Singh has to wear that jersey next Monday. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to get. an automatic, right? Like, um, <laughs> and we'll talk about this later because we will be previewing the group for the League's Cup later. We, I did watch Atlas New York um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at those two teams thinking, like, I don't know how TFC beats either of these teams. Nope. But um, let's sort of jump into it, guys, um, into the Michael Singh notebook and go into sort of these, a little bit of these trade rumors, a little bit of these, mm-hmm. uh, these transfers that are coming in. We'll start with the big one that got dropped yesterday by a friend of the show, but not been on the show because he's ignored our uh, DMs. Tom Bogert, uh, <laughs> who, who basically... Oh, really? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. hold on. Yeah, no Mike's, got, Mike's got some links. Yeah, you could have just told me. Tommy scoops <laughs> on it. We, this was a yeah. while ago. This was a while ago. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but basically uh, dropping the news that Toronto FC are in the process of trading Matt Hedges to Austin FC for about 500000 in GAM. Uh, Mike, uh, obviously, you know Tom very well. Tom, when he drops something, is it's pretty much happening or it's pretty much guaranteed news. Um, but anything sort of uh, around that you want to sort of uh, get to uh, before Jeff and I jump in? Um, well, first of all, I'm going to get Tom next week. All right. All if right, he's so available. If you can get Tom next Tommy, week, awesome. In your, in your pink, or a reasonable hand John, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Funny. I'm going to get him next week. Honestly, he's going to back me there. But uh, for the Matt Hedges trade, yeah, you know, 
what did I say on this podcast yep. like three, four weeks yep. ago? I literally mm-hmm. called this happening. So it makes sense because this season, let's face it, is just a complete write-off. And when you look at TFC's roster and you look at the players that you can trade to actually convert into allocation money, and, and I'm guessing the allocation money that's going to be brought in is going to be for next year, not 2023. It's very slim pickings. You know, Matt Hedges, the Sean Johnsons, maybe a couple of the youngsters. So for me, this this makes a lot of sense. Matt Hedges came here to win. He came here to be settled down with, with obviously, he has a family. Um, so my read on the situation was like a lot of the guys on the team, they were approached probably by Jason Hernandez and, and ownership and, and trying to see exactly whether or not they really wanted to stay with Toronto FC or they would be open to going elsewhere. Matt Hedges, obviously, as we know, grew up in or grew up playing for Dallas, Texas area. I'm sure the club worked with him to get him back, you know, to that area where he knows very well and his family knows very well. And in return, TFC get 500,000 extra cap room to, to go out and, and really continue this rebuild. So for me, when I look at this roster, the, trading a Matt Hedges signals, like I said, A, the season's a write-off, and B, I think TFC are really trying to completely rebuild this roster. With with almost no no bargaining chips. I have two uh, clarifications from you, Mikey, um, because it's all around Twitter. What roster relief do we get right now? This is assuming that the GAM is 2024 GAM. In this transfer window, does TFC see any roster relief whatsoever uh yeah for sure his whatever his salary was comes off the books and Mm -hmm. uh that would be essentially it he was making close to a million dollars in in uh in salary so that's like Mm -hmm. 612 right off the books in, in cap space plus the whatever the three hundred thousand and in and none of those none of those mid season shenanigans. I know they like to change the values if it happens in the summer window as opposed to the winter window. None none of that stuff because no okay. because it's a awesome. trade within the league. Yeah, yeah, it's not like an awesome. incoming signing or something like that. So okay, you're, perfect. You're setting about yeah. a million. So like I don't know if that'll be used up this this transfer window. Technically, what that means is TFC can go bring in about. 1.5 million worth in assets because his 612 is actually going to be it's still going to be 612 but when you bring in a player only half of their cap hit counts against the cap in the summer so incomings mm-hmm. will only count as you know 305 or 306 or whatever it is um so you can technically bring in two players that are charged the max senior budget charge so um hmm. i don't know if that'll actually transpire this this summer because usually when you do that it's to make a push to kind of get in the playoffs and make a push to win i think this team's just kind of take its time and, and try and get things right here um heading into next season yeah which uh, yeah I, yeah I, I don't know if uh, well look i i think tfc fans can complain about it to a certain extent but i uh, I think a long term, this is the right way to go. I know the, the hurt right now will be immediate, um, and, and no one wants to hurt immediately, especially because we're already hurting to begin with. But you get a player that, you know, one, we haven't been able to keep fit enough, uh, considering how much you're, you're paying that player, and you're getting something back. 
right? You're getting some asset back. And as you said, Mike, not just on this show, but on a couple of weeks ago, the mm -hmm. idea that you can, you can move a player and get something tangible back both from yeah. a, not just a cap salary and cap relief move, which this will partly be, but also the idea of setting yourself up for next season. Um, which is a big uh, a big need for this club because, like you said, there's a lot of contracts. The way that they're structured for the next couple of seasons make it make some of these deals difficult to complete and and some of these plays difficult to move going forward. Yeah, and Hedges is 33 years old, right? I think we can all agree here. Aside from maybe Richie Larea, he was our best center, best defender this season. Definitely mm -hmm. our best center back this season. I know Amai Mabika has been really good, but he's nowhere close to the level, I think, that Matt Hedges is. And when Hedges is on the field, you look at the stats when he's on the field versus when he's off the field. Yeah. It's mind-blowing just how big of a difference he has made to this team um, defensively. So, yeah, it's, it's a big loss in that fashion, but... Like I said, 33 years old, he's not getting any younger. He's sure he's battling some different things, some health issues, as it hasn't been able to stay on the field as much as he would like this year. And he was signed, I think, until 2025. So it's a way to, you know, I, I don't think he was a negative asset by any means. Clearly, Austin doesn't think he was a negative mass asset by any means, but he's also a guy that, you know, how good is he going to be next year? How good is he going to be mm -hmm. the year after that? There are definitely questions about, his play maybe dropping off a, a little bit, at least. Uh, we know that his, the value would have really been in this year. And so, yeah, I think it's a smart time for TFC to move him. The question that I have, and I think this is the question, anytime you trade a free agent six months after signing him to a pretty decent deal is, what kind of message does it send to other free agents? And I just <laughs> want to make it clear, I, I, I like this mm -hmm. deal, and I would do this deal if I was Jason Hernandez. But there is that other side to the coin and the flip side to the coin of, of thinking maybe it deters the next Matt Hedges from coming to sign for Toronto FC. If, if TFC are shipping a guy that they really tried to convince to come to Toronto, we know Hedges was visiting a lot of different places was sold in the project. Does it, does it affect the next Matt Hedges that TFC want to sign? Maybe it doesn't, but it, it is something at least you weigh when you make a decision like this. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it it also brings into sharp question the the misses of Toronto FC in terms of its bigger signings of the last couple of seasons, right? You know, it's not lost on us that you know you've brought in a couple of DPs that have not lasted very long, uh, less than a year. Um, you think about Soteldo, you think about Salcedo, um, you know the, the potential of now Bernadeschi, at least one of Bernadeschi or Lorenzo Insigne, maybe only lasting. Um, a year here, you get match hedges that six months. We'll see about Sean Johnson. You know, you, you're, you're starting to look at a team that now is, you know, have, has been selling big projects and big ideas to players. I think that might be more the concern um, for future free agents and for future signings. Um, not so much that, okay, look, these guys have moved, but the fact that, you know, what is the club telling me in terms of the long-term vision about this club? You know, what is it actually, you know, is it, are the words matching up to the actions? Cause they'll look at yeah. sort of the paper and say like, you know, you're saying this, but I'm really getting this, um, or at least this is what's been happening. And, and that I think yeah. is going to be something that players will weigh up when thinking about Toronto FC is there got to be a different sales pitch this time. Right? Yeah, I think it does. It, I think, I think it has to be honest. Yeah. I think it has to be about, look, we're bringing in a young core. 
and let's see how that goes. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. Well, no, I think you're right, but I always have this issue with people um, saying, you know, uh, uh, I don't know how to how to structure it, but like, of course, when you're negotiating a deal, you are speaking from a position of rose-colored glasses. Nobody goes into a deal and says this is going to suck. Like, it's always best case scenario. So I do, I agree with you, and and um, just circling back, I think the only person that loses in this Hedges deal is a. Dallas fans because he's gone to a rival and Drew Moore because if if memory serves wasn't his he and his family renting Drew Moore's house <laughs> now, now Drew Moore needs to find a, another tenant uh, is that actually uh, the case I, I, I saw I it Drew I saw Moore it kept his house around. in Toronto okay that would okay. Be I mean it's probably probably the, the, the same guy that, that, that I know they yeah, I know Drew Moore's family helped them out in terms of like what is Toronto like and and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh when mm-hmm. they were weighing up the decision because Matt Hedges and and drew more quite close, but I'm um, not sure about that. But I mean, like again, but I, I think that sort of speaks to what I was talking about, Jeff, in terms of, mm. I think for Toronto FC going forward, when approaching free agents, bigger signings, things like that, the idea of you're right. You, you can't tell a, a, a prospective free agent that, Hey, it's going to suck for a while. Ooh, please sign. But more that just being honest and being forthright with look, we're in a process of where we're trying to rebuild the identity of this club. You could be a part of that. Here is what we're trying to do here. Instead of like, Hey, we're going to sign this guy and this guy, and therefore we're going to try to all put it together and smush it all together in an, in a season and a half, we're going to try mm-hmm. and win MLS cup. That's just not realistically how teams get built now. Um, and, and I think TFC is learning a harsh lesson in that in terms of the moves they're going to have to make over the rest of this window and probably going into the winter window as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, in terms of this move, Mike, you, you kind of answered this question, but I, I will ask, you know, does moving hedges means other trades are in the works or most likely will be in the work for other vets on this team signaling like a Sean Johnson, a maybe a Sigurd Rosted, dare I even say something like a Michael Bradley, if somebody will take the deal, like, is, is that something that TFC fans should maybe be bracing themselves for? Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. As I, as I mentioned, I don't think anyone is like, can you guys just off the top of your head, name a single player on this roster that is 100% untouchable for nope. Toronto FC. Victor Vasquez. Honestly, There's the no- only one I can think of that might be untouchable right now based on their plays, maybe Kobe Franklin, just simply because they may find him as a player that they want to build around for a bit. But I mean, if they get an amazing offer for him, yes, of course. But yeah, if someone's picking up the phone saying, hey, we'll give you 800000 in allocation money for Kobe Franklin, you're saying, where do, yeah. where do yeah, I send yeah, the offer? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'll drive so him myself. Yeah. There is nope. there's no one on this roster, like I said, that is. Mm-hmm completely untouchable maybe the one player that might be is Jaquil Marshall and that's just because I think his ceiling in terms of value it exceeds MLS so you're looking at an outbound transfer hopefully an outbound transfer that's at this point maybe five million which is a lot less than the 20 million that they were yeah. apparently asking for five just feet. a year five and a half feels a lot right now yeah right now but who knows what happens in in a year or two yeah. right Jaquil is still developing still growing still trying to figure out exactly what position 
uh, is his best position. And he's finally getting mm-hmm. a bit of consistent minutes here under Terry Dunfield. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see exactly how it plays out. But like I said, I don't think anybody on this roster is, quite frankly, untouchable by any means. See, I would throw Sean Johnson in the untouchable mix if it wasn't for the fact that he's at a contract, not at the end of this season, but at the end of next season. So he's only signed for a year and a half more. So considering that, by all means, he's the first guy I'm I'm calling teams and saying, hey, do you need a goalkeeper? We have a pretty dang good one if you're willing to, you know, fork up some allocation money for the future. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think I think TFC fans should brace for for more moves, and I think impact, already yeah. Jason Hernandez has shown that he's willing to to, you know, do what it takes to rebuild this roster. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on to potential inbound uh, signing in Cassius Malulia. Um, latest updates, Waking the Red um, and SAE, SABC News in South Africa, basically saying that he said his goodbyes uh, to Mamelodi Stars. He's said goodbye to a lot of people in South Africa. The team mm-hmm. in South Africa seems to be confirming that this deal is done and he's heading to Toronto. Um, obviously, nothing from an MLS side or from, you know, a Toronto FC perspective, but this seems like it's mostly done or in the bag. I, again, Mike, I don't know if you have any updates there, but it, it seems like this is heading towards um, us getting a new winger um, in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I I can say that it is very, very, very close to being done. I, would, I wouldn't say it's official yet, but very, very close to being done. Um, touched on him a little bit in last week's podcast, but what else I can say is this is a player that TFC have been scouting for a long time, uh, for the, at least like the past several months. Um, I think, I think he's a guy that actually Bob Bradley would have identified as a potential young incoming signing. And based on the way that he's, uh, developed, let's say in, South Africa, and based on the type of profile player TFC are looking for, uh, he checks a lot of boxes for this team. So, yeah, I do expect him. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the coming days where it gets officially announced that he is a new Toronto FC signing. So, you know, one incoming signing uh, throughout this, all these outgoing signings that TFC fans can look forward to. He'll be a breath of fresh air because he'll he'll just provide something that's so different, I think, mm-hmm. to uh, to Toronto FC. Yeah, I got a, a chance to sort of read more about him and, and see some, you know, granted their highlights. So obviously it's always showing off the best of a player and not necessarily all of the aspects of a player. But I mean, it, a winger, like you said last week, is probably more accurate in terms of the way he plays. Sometimes he's playing as sort of the second in a, a strike pairing where he's maybe playing just underneath and maybe to the left or to the right of a, a central striker. But generally speaking, like he's got pace, he's got he, he's tricky. He will get by people um, and can score goals. He has an eye for goal, um, fifteen mm-hmm. goals last season in the South African Premier League. Um, so you know, from that perspective, um, that's a positive. Now, obviously, we'll have to see you know time to adapt in North America, not just on a pitch, but just in life in general. It's a lot for a twenty-two year old um, to be mm-hmm. taking in who has never left home before. Um, but you know, it, at least this is a breath, breath of fresh air, the kind of signings that I think some TFC fans, not all, but some TFC mm-hmm. fans have, have kind of been looking for. Yeah. It's, it's a complete polar opposite, right. To what has been the club's, I guess, uh, transfers of philosophy, the last 
two years, which is bring in more well-known, established players into Toronto FC to try and help them win trophies now. Now they're going after guys who, for the most part, are unknown to North American soccer fans. And it can go well, or it can go not so well. So TFC scouting department, we'll see. This one will be a good measuring stick to kind of see exactly where where they are in terms of valuing players that other people may not know. And guys, I'll, I'll ask you both. Mm. How comfortable are you with sort of TFC scouting? You know, I, I think we, like you said, Mike, we've gone from this sort of, or at least like we're going to be going through this change of signing proven or at least experienced, mainly European um, or within MLS players. And now looking at sort of, raw talents in markets that traditionally have not been tapped by MLS uh, in the past or are just starting to get tapped by MLS at this point. So how how confident are you guys feeling in terms of TFC's ability to scout those players and bring in uh, guys who can succeed uh, at this level? Uh, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Um we haven't really seen it for a long time, right? And the guys that were brought in um, that were might have been unknown to TFC fans this year in terms of, you know, Siga Rosted and, and Raul Petretta, guys who, yeah, are more well-known overseas, but again, to North American soccer fans, were pretty unknown. Haven't, done, haven't been the greatest, right? So where's my confidence level yet? It's more of a wait-and-see approach. Let's let's see how this new, I guess, era, let's call it, under Jason Hernandez, how they proceed and how they how, how it goes, right? Because we just, like I said, we just haven't seen it for so long. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I have uh, uh, cautious optimism. Cautious optimism because it is such a need uh, for this team to get quicker. You know, and even if that's the only thing on the scouts notepad, quick, uh, it looks like we're getting somebody that actually has some pace. So, yeah, cautiously optimistic. And and it will be nice to see a fresh faced kid uh, trying to prove themselves as opposed to what we've been suffering through uh, uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, it will it is a complete about face. It's a complete 180. Um, you know, that's not course correction that's panicking. So it's hard to be uh, too optimistic because it's not coming from a good place. It's a reactionary move, but you know, let's hope against hope. I, I do like that point where he's going to be hungry to prove uh, something in major league soccer, because when you look at some of the reaction from people who uh, some fans and, and other people who are just reacting to the news in South Africa, they're all so proud of, so proud of him. They love this kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like he's going to step onto the pitch and really not take anything for granted. Whereas, you know, you, just as an example, you have Insigne and Bernadeschi who step on the pitch and they expect things to just go well because they're just simply on the pitch. Whereas this guy, you know, the work rate and the effort is going to be there because I think he still has a lot to prove. Whereas those guys had really nothing to prove. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting to me that you, you both your comments are very much on the 
you know, cautiously optimistic slash, I don't know, um, kind of wavelength because we kind of went through this with the Ali Curtis sort of Chris Armis uh, era, mm. not quite to the same extent, obviously, because there were still a lot of leftovers from the Greg Vanny era, but, you know, kind of started to try to do a little bit of this. And it, I don't know if fan reaction was mixed at the time, um, you know, from that perspective, but obviously it didn't go well. I don't know if that was so much on the players as it was mm. on sort of the club and the way it was set up in Chris Armis and Natalie Curtis. What, what players so, are you referring to? Like the Erickson Gallardos? Yeah. yeah, the Gallardos, the Sateldos, obviously. Um, I mean, like you, you even look at the Schaffelbergs, like Schaffelberg really wasn't an academy player. It was a signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he should have been drafted, but they just signed him before he went into the draft. Um, you know, you know and, and again, mixed bag in terms of the results. I think Schaffelberg in the end proven to be a solid MLS player. Erickson Gallardo um, and Jefferson Soteldo obviously didn't work out. Again, part of me is like, look, that's partly on the player to a certain extent, um, especially in one player's case compared to the other. But on the (laughs) other side of it is, did TFC again set them up for success? Did they put them in a position where they could actually show the best of themselves um at the club that's just a question i have um i don't know if you guys have thoughts on that jeff go ahead i do i do um because we've been avoiding a rebuild we've called these rebuilds but they've been piecemeal every damn time i mean the issue with with the armist thing was how can you take a possession-based greg vanny team with minimal personnel changeover that are already old that you're rolling with again and turn them into ultra red bulls i mean that was the dumbest idea in the world but you know not not i don't want to pollute the waters here let's just go back to you know the nuggets that mikey was giving us how basically you know uh bob bradley was given the keys to the car and then kneecapped by two signings and then later on the entire uh uh, thesis statement changed it was like oh yeah we were going to give you this amount of time but now you need to do it in this truncated amount of time we need a rebuild a proper rebuild and and that's why you know, these questions about it didn't work because we were trying to do everything at the same time. We were trying to fix the boat while we were on the, while we were in the open ocean, you need to go to a dry dock guys. You can't, you, you know, every, it's just a bandaid solution. So my hope is that now, you know, rock bottom, it is about this proper rebuild and uh, we won't have to ask these questions about if, if X, then Y, if Y, then Z, it'll be a lot less, complicated and it, it still will be complicated because we're sitting on a ton of bad deals that you know every time we we do this rebuild it's like well we can't do it yet because this guy's got so many years on their contract iowa canola whatever the case may be you know so within reason let's try an actual rebuild as opposed to whatever the hell we've been doing and calling it a rebuild get no arguments from me man no arguments mm-hmm. from it's me. gonna suck it's gonna suck I mean, let's be honest, it's going to suck. This is MLS, man. There's teams that go Mm -hmm. and do these kind of rebuilds where they go a little bit younger, and all of a sudden you just get a team that you just weren't expecting. Just catch a little fire. I'm not saying it's going to happen in Toronto FC's case, but it's MLS. It has happened before. Um, FC Cincinnati, St. Louis City. They were a little bit more systematic in the way they built. 
sure. a little bit. More You're safe. right, and let's tr- let's try that now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. uh, let's let's move on to mm-hmm. Bernadeski here. Um, a lot of things have been coming out in the last week uh, since we last talked about this. Bologna is still in the picture, apparently. Apparently now it's not a sale. It is a loan that they would consider um, if this would be. He's actually gone on and done an interview on Sky Italia apparently today or yesterday. What? Um, oh, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, I do have some notes. Had a friend of mine who who knows Italian quite well um, sort of translate. Um, but, Hit us. Hit us. But before I get into that, um, okay. you, you know, just in terms of this potentially being a loan move and not necessarily a permanent deal, do you think that actually helped with this, again, this narrative of a rebuild, right? If we're rebuilding, does it make sense to loan out Federico Bernadeschi for your only for him to come back because no one else in Syria will pay, pay that salary? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, our, I, ah, they're considering taking him off our hands for a loan. Thanks, guys. How, how thoughtful. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I, it doesn't matter. Loan, sell. Obviously, you prefer to sell him if, if TFC have decided they want to move on from him. But if you loan him out, and as long as you're not retaining salary, you're not eating salary on it, then I really don't see why not, aside from the fact that maybe you're down the line, you could run into this scenario that Atlanta United had found themselves in where a mm. player comes back and now you have one too many DPs. But then, you know, that that's also... It's Federica Bernardeschi. It's it's a situation that's solvable. Maybe at that point down the road, you have to eat some money, and then it's less money, right, than it would have been beforehand. But like I said, mm-hmm. the, the latest I can say on the Federica Bernardeschi stuff is, as we know, Bernardeschi wants to, or as, as I've reported, I guess, Bernardeschi wants to move on from Toronto FC, um, TFC ideally would, would like to make that happen. However, it has to be under their terms. Um, so that's kind of what this the holdup is on a potential deal there. Um, I still think Bernadeschi is, like I, I think I said this last week, I still, still think he's going to be professional. I still think he's, he's going to be um, training and he's still going to be available for, for games until they do find a move for him. Uh, but I do believe still that it's heading down the path where Bernadeschi will eventually get his move away from Toronto FC. We'll see if it's a loan. We'll see if it's it's a permanent transfer. Um, I did say last week that other clubs are also available or are also interested in Bernadeschi besides just the Bologna. So we'll see. Their interest has now been made public. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how this one plays out. It's going to be an interesting one to watch these next couple of days potentially weeks yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so to this interview that um Federico Bernardeschi did with uh, Sky Italia it's on Gianluca, uh, Gianluca Di Marizzo's uh Twitter account if you want to take a look at it if somebody speaks Italian and wants to translate and give maybe a better accounting of this you can let me know but this is what I have Basically, the highlights here are that, look, Federico said he's flattened, uh, flattered by the interest uh, in him from other Serie A clubs, but he hasn't given any hints of wanting to go back to TFC. That's his words. Um, he'll evaluate any and all offers with, T, uh, with Toronto FC and be respectful to the club. 
Uh, he also says that he misses Italy, and but that's a normal thing, and that's not necessarily a like I I hate here and I want to leave mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, he didn't, uh, yeah. He, he, so basically, that's sort of the the main points of that interview. I'm sure somebody will find it and, and give more of a uh, clearer translation. Uh, of so just what to said. just to confirm, he's saying that he's open to a move away from Toronto. Yes, is that, I mean is that it's not really refuting what's been necessarily yeah. put out there. It's just okay. that he said he had didn't essentially trying to say that he didn't necessarily go to the club and say, please move me. I'm unhappy here. Uh, um, the, the one thing uh, I, I will, the one thing I will caution about Bernadeschi mm-hmm. is, and I remember this is yeah. like two days before his announcement to Toronto FC. I remember him posting on his Instagram that no decision had been made. Everything that people are reading is false. I'm like, I reported two weeks before you joined Toronto FC that you were joining Toronto FC. And I know for a fact that the deal was done at that point and the decision was made at that point. Um, So just be cautious of, of what you hear coming out of him in public interviews. Pinch of salt, but yes. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. If I say anything, I'll be in trouble. So (laughs) (laughs) if I if I talk, I am trouble. Um, Yeah. Taking uh, taking Josie Mourinho's playbook. I like it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I I think at the end of the day. Yeah, I think, Mike, you're right. I think we Jeff and I sort of nodded last week. I think this is the he doesn't play for TFC again. Um, You don't think he plays on Wednesday? I is he in training? He's been in training. I I think he's in training. I would be surprised if he plays. Um. Yeah, I'll put it at that. I'll be surprised if he plays. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see exactly how that plays out. It's, it's interesting because um, it's definitely something Terry Dunfield has to work through, not just with Bernadeschi. I think maybe a couple other players on that roster too. Um, speaking yeah. of Terry Dunfield, uh, it does. Let me let me word this carefully. So obviously, the Toronto FC coaching search has been a really hot topic for this team. As I, as I mentioned last week, they've interviewed a lot of local candidates. Um, some candidates that you can probably guess and some other candidates that may surprise you and, and candidates that are also, I would add that would be familiar to the club and to its fans. I also get the sense. And one of the things that I've been told is that, it's a possibility that Terry Dunfield gets the rest of the season as TFC head coach, because Bill Manning's ideal candidate may not be available until the end of the season. Um, God, is it Ben Olsen? Please tell me it's not Ben Olsen. No, he's in Houston, man. He's wrapped up in Houston. Um, Yeah. So, and even then, even at the end of the season, there's no guarantee that, the candidate that Bill Manning wants would be able to join TFC. So that's, it's that's what I'll say there. <laughs> so there is a, there is a possibility that Terry Dunfield ends up coaching out the rest of the season here in, in Toronto as they go yeah, through this rebuild. That makes sense to me. That, that, that yeah, makes absolutely. sense. Like I, like in a sense that I don't think there's any, look, if you're writing off this, the rest of the season, there is no rush to be hiring a manager right now. Right. Zero. You know? Like, I, I don't think there needs to be a rush in installing somebody right now, unless, again, the the perfect candidate falls in your lap 
at the moment. And it, it, I would highly doubt that would be the case right now. I'm intrigued, Mike, by what you're saying by local candidates. I'm not asking to name names or anything like that, but clearly that means probably some coaches that, that have, I chose very specifically. <laughs> yes. And I, I, so, I think he's doing shenanigans. I think he expects us all to think it's the Dickios and the Codwells when it's the Caleb Porters and the Ben Olsen and the, and the, you know, Peter Vermeeses of the world. Well, I mean, my they're question local. More, well, my question was more around if you're saying local candidates, um, are you talking the CPL variety? Um, you know, would they, would they have gone down that route to have that conversation? Um, again, local, I don't, I'll clarify local, local meaning in domestic, I would model. say local as Canadian, Canadian Ooh. would be local, but also beyond, I'll, I'll say Canadian then local also people that would be known to the club at local. Um, so not necessarily they have to be from Toronto, but again, familiar with with the club. And I just got Carl Robinson Hives. I just got um, Robo Hives big time. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like I said, even those candidates, I don't think that's TFC's first choice after those interviews. Um, I think their first choice would be someone like I said that would Bill Manning would have to wait until the end of the season. Let's see. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, unless, Mike, you have anything else you wanted to add to the notebook, I think we shall close the notebook for this week. I got to make yeah, an yeah. animation for I think us. That's, we, that's we, fine we, for, yeah. for the rest of this All week. right. Notebook closed. We will reopen I'm it totally making week. an animation for uh, us. Go for it, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, we'll close the notebook for this week, and we'll be back next week um, with some more tidbits on what's going on in Toronto FC land. Um, <laughs> Danny Cooperman is our next coach. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I think he still lives here. No, he lives in the Netherlands, but he, he – he mm. like comes here a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being like an assistant with Terry because him and Terry are tight. Um, There's no way. There's yeah, no, no way. way. I know. I know. Just joking. Uh, for somebody to take runs off and say, the memes, the memes. Assistance. I, oh, I want it just for the memes. Honestly, I do. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, guys. League's Cup. Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, really quickly, in case you don't know what the hell this is, which be perfectly honest i would not blame you if you didn't know um this is a separate cup tournament um which basically pits mls against liga mx um all clubs in mls and all liga mx clubs are playing in this tournament uh it doesn't matter about their standing this is a separate tournament so this is not champions league um, it is a separate competition. Essentially it's like a World Cup style tournament where the the teams are placed into groups. Um, and each of the groups are sort of regional, East, West, South, Central. Um, then there will be knockout rounds um, going through. And then obviously what's the big sort of at stake here, aside from winning obviously a cup, is that the top three teams will see, receive an automatic bid to um, the Champions Cup, formerly known as Champions League, because yes, they have changed the name of that as well. Um, and then obviously with the opportunity to go to the club world cup, should they win it? So that is, you know, the long and short of what the league's cup is Toronto FC will start in the league's cup, uh, this Wednesday against NYCFC. Um, they are in a group, uh, with NYCFC, obviously, and Atlas, um, from Mexico, the 2000, the 2022, 
Clausura champions and I believe the 2021 Apertura champions. If I'm mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong, they're doing um, they're a good team. So they are a very good team. Uh, they actually NYCFC and Atlas played last night in New York in Queens with Atlas winning one nil. Um, I watched quite a bit of that game, uh, and like I said at the top of the show. I mean, it's a cup competition. Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just right now the way TFC are playing, I don't see how they beat either one of these sides um, at the moment. Because actually, NYCFC for long stretches of the game looked good. Um, actually, did score a tying goal, finished one nil, um, but uh, did score a tying goal. But it was called offside, and then we got maybe the weirdest post from Atlas today, which is just we'll get into that in a second. But it was just if you haven't seen it yet, it is. Uh, somebody's getting fired. Put it that way. Oh yeah, someone's getting fired. But uh, I mean, guys, new tournament, um, a new opportunity. I know we've hated on the tournament in previous shows, but let's put that aside for a second. It is here. How are you feeling uh, about the league's cup and TFC's potential chances in said cup? Play some games, kick some balls, see what happens. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just hope everybody's having fun out there. Oh wow. <laughs> ringing endorsement <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i mean it, it it's been fun it's uh it's been fun to watch obviously the entire idea of this thing makes me insane um uh we'll, we'll see how it goes you know watching it is has been lots of lots of frustration because apple can't figure out how to mix sound in a live environment but uh yeah yeah i mean it uh, do you have any uh expectations goals <laughs> i i think i think tfc are going to qualify out of the group i do wow i mean two out of three teams qualify so it's just one team that doesn't qualify and you, you know new york city fc they're also a team that yeah they they played decent last night they had really kept possession really well um it's not at Yankee Stadium, notably. It's at City Field. City Field yeah. um, so, like it, I know TFC haven't won a, a road game in a year, <laughs> but against New York City FC, I don't know. A point is definitely within reach. And then returning home against Atlas, who, yeah, they're they're a decent side. Um, there were no, spells they're not the team that won the Klausura because that they're a lot not. of guys that were on that team have yeah. been sold off. Yeah, they got gutted. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. So they're not like they've started off this this campaign decently in League MX, but still they're not like a Tigres or you know, Club America. They're not one of those teams. Um so I, I at home at BMO Field, I think again points are in the balance. So I wouldn't be surprised if TFC find a way to, if they win one of their matches, essentially, they they could be in. They qualify, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and mentally, as as we talked about, this is a good change of pace for a team that was in a really dreadful drought in in the league. By the way, I think it's it's now that we're actually here. I think it's so ridiculous that we're taking a, a month and a half off. With, in the middle of the major league soccer season to, to get this it's tournament so in because man, there's teams that have momentum. There's teams that actually have put in months of work to get 
build their position and build, like I said, that momentum yep. into the major league soccer season. And then you take a month and a half off to play a, a tournament in which some teams might only get two matches in that month and a half. It just, it's such a big disruption to the league. And I, I, I wonder if it'll affect the standings whatsoever. I, I might well, not. I think there will be impacts to this. Oh, I think, yeah. I think teams that Injuries, are flying high. 100%. Are yeah. Be, uh, beyond injuries, I just think like form, right? Like like just to say you're a team that's, you know, top of the East or West. And, you know, let's just even say you get out of your group state but lose your, your first knockout game. You're not playing games for a couple of weeks, right? Like mm-hmm. you're out for a while. And, and that can kill momentum really, really quickly for a team. Same, conversely, I'm not saying this is going to happen for TFC, but you could be a team that's really down. And all of a sudden you go on a bit of a cup run, you play some games, you get some good vibes. And the next thing you know, you hit a team that's been off for a couple of weeks or a couple of teams right after the break that have been off for a couple of weeks. And next thing you know, you're gaining points all of a sudden um, out of nowhere. Easy, yeah. easy there. <laughs> easy. Oh, I'm not saying this is TFC. I'm just saying like, there's, you know. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. What yeah. team do you think will be affected the most by the month and a half, mm. half off? Let's say affected in a negative way. What team do you think will see the biggest drop off after? Might have to look at the groups. I actually so. haven't done it. Yeah, it's an interesting question because so far out of the, the games, the MLS club seem to be taking this really seriously. Like they're actually mm-hmm. playing full 11s and things both, like that. Where some of them both. Yeah. Yeah. For Google, some of the Mexican teams are playing like youth kids. There's some kids going out there with like one hundreds and two hundreds on the back of their jerseys. Right. So like they're clearly Academy players, but um, yeah, MLS teams are taking this seriously, uh, you know, and I get it. Why? Right. It's an, it's an opportunity to go to champions league without having to worry about your, your standings in the league. If there's a team that I think could potentially fall off, it, if they try to go far in this, could be St. Louis. I could see a St. I, I agree. I could see a St. Louis. Like, I don't think they'll fall out of a playoff spot or anything like that. But, you know, it, it's funny. One of the things that hasn't been talked about a lot in MLS is the form of LAFC um, after the Champions League run. Um, and the fact that, yes, of course, they're still up there in, in the Western standings. But, you know, they haven't looked like LAFC um that that we've come to know and mm-hmm. st louis leads the west and in a lot of ways i think that that could impact the uh a, a fairly new squad um who's flying high in mls a lot of some momentum and then kind of you know um another team that i think that it could impact positively oddly enough i think is vancouver I actually think this could really benefit Vancouver. If anybody didn't see, they went into um, a long shootout with, um, with uh, was it? No, Club Leon um, mm-hmm. on Friday night, I believe. They played Friday night and um, it went to a long shootout. I believe they lost that shootout, if somebody they did correct me. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they played really well uh, in that game. And I think that's a, that's a team that could be, you know, they're kind of hovering around a playoff spot um that could actually get a big boost from this tournament and sort of get some confidence and go on a run so my two teams both are in the west uh it would be st louis and vancouver i like those shots i have See, i i mm. go go ahead jeff go ahead well i i think the thing with st louis is that it's a brand new team so they don't have the muscle memory of doing an mls season before doing this weirdo season where everything stops, right? So they may be insulated from it because they don't have anything to compare it against. I actually think Cincy has the most to lose. I really do, because they're on a maddening clip right now. 
and anything that knocks them off that perch. Uh, and it, it doesn't even matter about results. It just matters about downtime and then changing the routine. Like they're on a great clip right now. And as you were saying, now we're throwing all of that to, to the apple cart. So results be damned. I just think the change in routine is going to be a problem for, for FC Cincy. I have the New England Revolution as no. the team to watch as potential second half, quote unquote, second half, final third drop offs. Um, yeah, I just think they're a bit of a, they're not necessarily really old, but they have some older players out there. Obviously, they're going to be playing some games on turf. And if they make a deep run, which they're definitely capable of, I could see that affecting kind of the latter half of this season. Also, I think they've overperformed slightly as well throughout the first half of this year too um so yeah we'll see exactly what happens with new england obviously the team that i think will benefit the most from this is inner miami they get a period of time here where they can integrate messi busquets jordi alba and their new players into the mix so for me it's just extra in a way just extra practice here for them Mm -hmm. as they really look forward to an important final third of their season because not only do they have the league in which they're hoping to make a run for and make the playoffs. They also have uh, the U S open cup, which they're in the semifinals for already. So yep, it's going to be really important for them to get going. And I think they're going to use the league's cup in that fashion. So I think they're, those are two teams I'm watching for to potentially rise and potentially fall. Interesting. Interesting. And, and to sort of circle it back to TFC, like what, like what uh, you think Mike, that they can get out of the group. Mm-hmm. Jeff, what do you think should be TFC's like real estate? Like, what are you trying to get out of this tournament? Like, what what ideally do you get out of playing this tournament for TFC? <sighs> like a baby Inter Miami kind of thing, where we can blood some new players, try out some new things. Uh, to be honest, I mean, why play games? We can do the same thing in training. Uh, I'm not saying they punt it, but I am saying it's it's not something you know this is not the year to be going for silverware um you know and and our club suffers too often from trying to do two opposite things at the same time and this is yet another example of that so you know maybe don't worry about it and go to Chuck E. Cheese instead and do some team building exercises (laughs) I I just you know I, I think I said it I said it before. I just hope everybody has some fun out there. But to me, the the validity of, of pushing for this tournament, because um, we're not winning it. And if we get out of the group, you know, we're not winning it. So I just, to me, it, it you know, do, do as much so that you can't be caught punting it uh, as humanly possible. But yeah, See, low, I, low, I, capital, I disagree. Low, lowercase p, punt it. Yeah. I say that this is the one stretch of games that you can actually be able to promote to your team and really sell your team on because they really don't have anything left to play for besides their their jobs, right? So, like, this is the one individual tournament because let's get real. Like, this team's not going to make the playoffs barring a dramatic turnaround, and I think they've all know that by now they're selling off players. So it's one of those things where you can kind of just go to your players and be like, this is essentially our playoffs. So go out there and play every game. Like mm-hmm. it's the final game of the season because essentially I, I think is. it is. So um, yeah. 
yeah yeah we'll see how it plays out yeah i mean like i agree with you mike from that perspective i just again i don't know where the goals are coming from <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day zima has scored goals in five games I, yeah i like i don't know where the goals come from uh and you you know uh, last time i checked you got to score goals to win games here well i mean i guess they in theory could get points by you know drawing nil nil and going to penalties because <laughs> you can do that in this cup tournament but um mm. you know it, it's <laughs> we'll see penalties. It's, it's, you know how good we are at that mm, yeah. yeah 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 let's depend on that tfc yeah, and penalties exactly right too. so like again yeah. it's to me I, again i agree i think it, it's it's going out there and, and running some of the new players out and and getting them a feel to what you know what what's expected of them down the stretch Look, if you it maybe be that's a silver lining in season where you get out of the group, hey, great. Um, and then you see what lies. We got next. worked by Toluca. Like, I, I don't know if that's. Yeah, a, I, I don't know what the bracket is in terms of who we would have to play next. It most likely will be yeah. a Liga next team, though this tournament mm. is set up for an MLS team to win it. Like, all the games are in MLS venues. Yeah. You know, it's, like it's a road game for every basically league every Mexican. Yeah, they're all yeah, playing road yeah. games. None of the games are in Mexico. So, you know, right now, I believe Club Leon is uh, trapped in Vancouver because um, they're uh, and they play their tomorrow, flight man. got canceled. Yeah, yeah, they're sleep. They're sleeping on. Uh, they're sleeping on. They're, the do, they're doing what we all do. Yeah, they're sleeping on the floor. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And they have to play yeah. LA Galaxy tomorrow too, which is crazy. Um, quickly before we get, oh, they got to play the. <laughs> swashbuckling amazing yeah, galaxy. galaxy um question from the chat yeah go for uh, it was insignia at training i haven't been at training it hasn't been open oh. to media Ooh. so i well, i don't know wrinkle. if you i okay. think he i think he was at training i think from some of the social media pictures that they published he was at training um okay but what that means to, in terms of his availability i have i have no idea Oh, they're keeping them closed for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's a reason. Uh, generally, they keep trading closed that long to the public. Um, okay, just really quickly before we get into the burning question. Uh, Atlas tweeted the most ridiculous thing. I won't say every word of this tweet is just the most ridiculous. Long story short, go find it on Twitter unless they've they've taken it down. But somebody's No, it's still it. there. It's still there. That's crazy. Um, basically, look, at the end of the day, they were just dispute, not disputing, but I guess... Um, the offside call that disallowed NYCFC's goal, which, yes, it was correctly deemed offside. Like, nobody's arguing this, but I guess a lot of people were. And Atlas is whoever is doing their social media, whoever their Giacometti is. Um, man, they former up. social media, former, <laughs> former. yeah. Uh, long story yeah. short, they quoted uh the Nazis, um, and yeah, they compared quote, a soccer refereeing decision, yeah, they to, compared a soccer refereeing decision yeah. to the Nazis. You can take a look mm-hmm. at the tweet and, and see, uh, it, it is the most ridiculous tweet I've ever seen. Twitter, fellas, it's, it's so good now, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the team we're playing on next Sunday, uh, so keep that in mind. Um, but let's uh, move on to uh, the burning question presented by Nextdoor. Let's do it. Okay. 
Next door is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's also where you connect with the people, local businesses in your neighborhood. We'll be posting the burning question each week on Nextdoor's TFC fan group a day before we post it on our socials. Uh, so if you want to grab it early, join the conversation, grab show clips, things we're starting to put up there uh, in the Toronto FC fan group. Uh, download the app wherever you can download an app or uh, go to nextdoor.ca. Uh, this week, we asked you, are you looking forward to TFC's run in the 2023 Leagues Cup? And all of you, without a fault, uh, answered in the most hilarious way possible by not answering the question, which is great. Uh, so so I am going to read off a few here. Uh, but mm-hmm. most of you are basically like, been this, this is terrible. Uh, but I will read out a few. Uh, so Todd on the Toronto FC fan group uh, says, uh, really couldn't give a darn. Uh, but it would be great if they did somehow make a run. Did ask uh, an additional question to that, but that's okay because long story short, Inter Miami's not playing here for the rest of the year. Um, Rob on Twitter just says, chances are low that Toronto FC will make it out of the group. The tournament itself has been great to watch. Teams are taking it seriously, and every day has been entertaining so far, which is true. Like, like mm-hmm. as much as we're banning it, MLS teams are really taking this seriously. Um, yep. So that has uh, been fun. Uh, Chris also says, no, I have no interest in the glorified uh, friendly tournament that will probably be gone in a year or two. Chris, I hate to tell you this. This thing ain't going anywhere. They're making a lot of money on it. Um, I don't think League Cup is going anywhere. Um, there's just too much money involved. Uh, Dan uh, also just writes, and I'm absolutely looking forward to Toronto FC's 2025 League Cup push led by head coach X and our amazing DPs insert names here. Uh, so look, I, I think Rose gallery uh, humor is coming mm. out here. in a lot of the comments, I think it does speak to not just the tournament in general, but I think right now there is a tired sense of God, we, we just get we're just more games and just, it's not going well. And it just, it, there's a lot of that feeling I'm getting on a lot mm-hmm. of the responses here. Yep. 100%. Yeah, we fit that point in the season where Jason Hernandez knows, I think TFC fans know, and it's really embarrassingly early uh, to be saying this, but it's a write-off, and quite frankly, yeah, it's over. I think I think people have lost the buzz, and TFC have lost the buzz of match days coming up. It's just not the same level of excitement. Isn't that crazy? Like, consider where we were a year ago. Right. Like if, if we went back to our archives and look, we probably recorded the show within a couple of days um, mm-hmm. of today, last year. And the absolute buzz of the town, obviously, with the Italians coming in and Mark Anthony K was coming in. Oh, by the way, there might be some crazy rumor there. Rich, you probably dropped it on the show, Mike, that Richie Larea was potentially coming back to TFC. Like the the switch, the dichotomy in a year is truly incredible like i don't think i don't know if i'm just and i've watched a lot of mls over the last Mm -hmm. you know called 15 you know 15 16 years i can't remember a year where a team went for it so big collapsed so badly and a year later no one wants to talk about that team other than oh my god look how badly they screwed this up like can you think of what i can't think of one well, I mean, it would it would it wouldn't have the same heft because this is happening to us, and we've lived through it in a really profound way. Um, you know, no, I can't. I can't. Maybe previous Inter Miami teams. 
that Maybe. had the four DPs. Yeah, but even then, like, I, I don't know if it was, like, you know, would somebody like, um, you know, what did Rof- R- Rodolfo Pizarro really move the needle that way? Like, like MLS, Cavaliers know him, but, like. Yeah, like Iguain did. And mm-hmm. you had Blaze Matweedy that was on that squad, too. Oh, yeah. Illegally paid Blaze Matweedy. Exactly. Um, Real estate they brought in Blaze Matweedy. They brought in some, like, former English Premier League players as well that weren't DPs as well on that side. Like, it was, it was a, for at least at that point in time, that standard, it was a star-studded Miami team that fell well short of expectations. That's probably one of the closest comparisons, just off the top of my head, that you can draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, bloody big deal. Again, might be up there in terms of comparisons, but no, Mike, I'm with you. Like I've said it in the past, and I'll reiterate it. This is by far the most disappointing season in Toronto FC history. I don't even think it's yep. close. Testify, it's not no, even it's close. close. Like 2012 was bad, and I lived through it. We like a lot of us lived through 2012. That was humiliating beyond uh belief this is worse because we knew it's embarrassing would be bad well we yeah. knew 2012 would be bad like we mm-hmm. knew that team was not going to be good you could look at that team and objectively know that team was not going to be any good yeah. i don't think anybody thought they'd lose nine in a row to start the season but they knew they were going to be bad and there uh, wasn't there wasn't a significant drop off though you know what i mean no. like tfc yeah. had it in a way figured out four MLS Cup finals and or three MLS Cup finals in four years. The next year you had supporter shield runner ups, could have been supporter mm-hmm. shield champion. And then it's been drop off after drop off after drop off. The last three seasons have been so bad that it's yeah. taken away all of the good work that you've built up to this point. And quite frankly, there's you asked probably random fans around the league who's probably the biggest laughing stock in major league soccer right now it's hard to say it's not toronto fc based on the amount of money that they've invested into the squad yeah, and the expectations yeah, yeah, the only yeah one that and, would be and just how messy galaxy. it is yeah maybe yeah. galaxy might be maybe the only great other fantasy, one. which is ironic yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah that might be the closest and it, it, it is crazy to me that we've got to that stage and we've talked about this before so i don't i don't think we need to mm-hmm. rehash all of that mm-hmm. but uh, this is why I'm I'm not as hyped about the Leeds Cup because I don't like. You, let's just say TFC go on a magical run, right? Let's just say they go on a magical run, they get mm. to a Leeds Cup final. Am I excited that they've got to a Leeds Cup final? Am I excited that they might lift Leeds Cup? Mm, I like uh, Monochrome would be like all of a sudden Leeds Cup turns into the MLS Cup final. Well, for, yeah, for well, for TFC, for a lot of TFC fans, sure, they'll go to Leeds Cup final. I'm going to, if they made a Leeds Cup final, of course, I'm going to go. But am I going to be like, oh, this is amazing? Everything's all like, no, like, no, we no. know this is not solved. We know this was lightly caught a little lightning in a bottle in a cup turn. Yeah, exactly. And Fair. we know that there are deeper lying rot there. And this is just mm-hmm. another thing that papers that over, right? Or tries, attempts to paper that over. The difference is I don't think it does this time because I think a lot of fans have become wise to what is happening and is yeah. wise to the fact that like this team is not in any way a shape to compete at any realistic level. 
right now. Nope. I don't even think a Canadian championship right now is realistic for this club. We've seen it. We've seen what they've done in the Canadian championship. Yeah. Like I, I just, competitive. I just, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't think it is right now. Um, like, look, you'll always be one of the top three teams to be considered because the MLS clubs will always will be. But I think the CPL from that perspective is closing the gap a lot quicker than people were willing to admit. And, mm-hmm. you know, from, from that perspective, I just, I just don't see this. This is why Leeds Cup does not fill me with a lot of joy um, because yeah. it's, it, it's a, it's a competition where, if TFC do poorly, then crap. It's another two games where they either don't score a goal or don't play well, and you're just we're just continuing on this cycle. Or if it becomes a tournament where they do make a run and they do go, do well, then some people are going to start thinking like, "Oh, maybe they figured it out. Maybe they've got it's it." Twenty nineteen is the right guy. Yeah. And in the end yeah. of the day, we know that that is not it. We that know is not it. It is it is yeah. just a papering over. Uh, of what's going on and and that what could that kind of is the apprehension i have around league's cup if that all makes sense i agree 100 percent. i don't want another 2019 we're so close to figuring it out we're so close to the realization uh we have to make huge moves and have, be patient for that time the time that it's going to take and if league's cup if league's cup sets us back again I hate League's Cup even more because like, <laughs> no, but seriously, so like I like because it, 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 again, it's another 2019. And like Mike said, I couldn't agree with you more. I would rather just, I would rather just be done with it so we can get on with, with rebuilding this squad into something that can make us all happy for longer than depressing. two weeks. I know. You guys are depressing. <laughs> I know your vibes all the time, Mike. It's okay. I want, yeah. I want a Leeds Cup title, and I want to go to the Champions League next season. I think that'll only be beneficial to this team. I can't front on that. I just, want, I just want to make sure I'm like, I'm, that is complete sarcasm. Because <laughs> the Champions League run next season will definitely be exactly what this team needs starting yeah. games in February. Yeah. Go, yeah, go down yeah. to you know go down to Costa Rica get slapped. Um, I just love the fact I'm just reading in the comments here really before we mm. leave. Uh, Keith Sweat just asks why why didn't we keep Bob Bradley? In I'm ignoring this? Keith Sweat's comment. I just, I just the fact that like. his, his name is Keith Sweat. I'm just like Keith yeah. Sweat listens to our podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> for those who don't know Keith Sweat. I'm sure Keith is out there being like, man, I've heard this a million times. This asshole. Mm. No, but like uh, yeah, Keith yeah. Sweat, '90s R&B. Like legend, go go go! I don't know. Spotify, <laughs> yeah. Sweat. One song, but you don't need to do it all. Yeah, um, yeah. All the right, first one on the Spotify playlist. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Just do that one. Do the most popular one, mm-hmm. and you've you've got the idea of what you you've got it. Yeah. All about. Um. All right, let's wrap up the show, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We'll be back uh, next week, uh, basically reviewing how TFC is done in the least Cup. Either they're going on a run, they're going streaking, or you know, it was two games and they lost two more games. Uh, big favor to ask. We're, we're trying to grow the membership and conversations in the Toronto FC fan group on next door. We've already got a really nice response since we started asking you guys to do this. So let's keep it up. It's amazing. You guys are, you're awesome at uh, doing that. Uh, so if you already have next door, just search Toronto FC fan group and join. Uh, if you don't, uh, download the app, as I mentioned before, go to nextdoor.ca and do that. Uh, for Michael Singh, for Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. See you all next week. Cheers, everybody. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.